Hi, and welcome to Quest, a vineyard church where we strive to live life as friends with faith through knowing God, loving others, and making a difference. If you're new, there will be information at the end of this podcast to help you plug in at Quest both in person and online. Now, let's dive into this week's teaching. I am uh, really loving this series, Socks and Underwear, because um, it's fun. It's funny. And, uh, and so I hope you guys are also enjoying it. You know, we're, we're exploring the idea of getting gifts that we need and uh, not that we necessarily want. Um, and when, when I start to, when I begin to think about this series, my mind automatically digresses down a, a rabbit hole of like giving gifts to people that they like gag gifts, you know, white elephant gifts. And um, how many of you have ever watched Jimmy Kimmel live? Does anybody watch Jimmy Kimmel live? Um, he did this video thing a while back, like 2011, where he, he um, asked parents to videotape uh, themselves giving bad gifts to their kids at Christmas. Any of you guys see this? And uh, I wanted to show the video of one of these because they're hilarious. I mean, they really are funny, which I kind of feel bad. Ross was just talking about how awesome the student ministries are here. And then I'm like, hey, let's give bad gifts to kids. It'll be great. Um, but uh, no, he does this thing. And um, am I on? Can you? Am I? Okay, good. Uh, I feel like I'm having to yell. Um, anyway, he does this video, and I want to show it, but we don't have the, the copyright ability to show it. So I, I was like, well, I'll just make my own, you know. I'll, I'll go home on Saturday, and I'll get my kids, and I'll, I'll wrap up some used orange juice and a rotten banana, and I'll, I'll hand it to my kids. And I'm pitching this idea to my wife, Alexis, and, and she's like, no, you will not. And, and then it was like, well, you know, it'd be funny. We could do this. I'll do it because we can't watch the other video. And, and she starts quoting scripture to me. She's it's like straight out of Matthew 7. Well, Jesus said, if your son asked you for a piece of bread, would you give him a stone? And I'm like, oh. So I don't have a video for you. Um, but... Uh, no, we're, we're not, we're not encouraging that kind of thing around here. We're actually, uh, talking about exploring the gift of Christ, a, a, a gift of a relationship with Him and, and, and how often we miss the significance of who He is, um, you know, because, because we don't always understand how much we need Him. See, in Christ, God gave us everything that we need. Uh, but sometimes I think that, that we forget, um, that we need Him more than anything else. In our life. You know, Jesus really is an unexpected gift. He's a surprising gift. And I remember receiving an unexpected gift about 18 years ago. It was in, a, in, in the form of a friendship. Uh, one, of my, one of my best friends in college, his name was Brian Sample. We were fraternity brothers and roommates. And uh, as soon as we met each other, we knew that we were going to be best friends. Did, did any of you have friends like that or had friends like that? Like you just knew it. Like you were fast friends and you're like, oh yeah, we're going to get along. This is going to be good. Well, that's how Brian and I were. And, and, um, but I didn't realize how much I would value his friendship uh, until one morning... Uh, it, this was in our junior year at college and, uh, in the spring, it was early one morning and, and a bunch of my friends and I, uh, we had all been out really late the night before at a fraternity event and we got in about 4 AM, got into the apartment and just like crashed, you know, straight into bed and, and fell asleep immediately. 
And almost as quickly as we were asleep, this loud noise, this annoying noise, it was, oh, I could still hear it in my brain. Oh, it was terrible. It came from like right beneath my window. It woke us all up. I mean, and it was endless. It was a noise that I'd never heard before and um, very seldom since. I grew up in the city. I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and, and I wasn't used to noises like this. I'll tell you what it was in a minute. Um, and it, it startled me. It woke me up out of my um, deep sleep, and it took me a while to, like, you know, kind of reorient myself and figure out where this noise is coming from. And I put a robe on. I went out into the courtyard in front of our uh, apartment there, and I noticed that the entrance into our courtyard had been blocked off. So nothing could come in and nothing could go out. And then I looked around, and I noticed that there were these five live chickens and a rooster running around our courtyard all over the place, making all this racket and noise. And I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do. You know, it, it was, it was crazy. And, and then emerged one of our other roommates wearing next to nothing. And, uh, he comes out and he's kind of startled, doesn't know what to do. He's a city boy too. And, um, fortunately for him, he had an umbrella in his hand, um, because we always carry those at five in the morning when we're half naked and um, he's shooing these chickens all around the uh, courtyard trying to do something with them he doesn't know what to do and I, it was it's a it's a beautiful image i can still see it in my head and grafton if you're listening you were really crazy that day um anyway so he's doing that and then all of a sudden out emerges into the courtyard my best friend brian sample within 10 seconds he had managed to wrangle all of these chickens up and and the rooster and he was holding them in between his fingers see what i didn't know and what the fraternity pledges who played this prank on us didn't know is that my friend brian sample not only was um a student at baylor university but uh he was also a chicken farmer and, uh, and so he, I mean, he wrangled these things up real quick and then threw them into the laundry room, closed the door, couldn't hear the noise anymore. We all went back to bed and I was so happy for my best friend. Like, oh, so wonderful. What an, an unexpected gift. Who would have known that I would ever need to know or be friends with a chicken farmer while I was in college, but I was thankful for that. Um, so we've been throughout this series asking you guys to, to talk to each other about an unexpected gift that you received, a surprising gift, something that, that was just a blessing. So I'm going to ask you to do that. Just um, here for about a minute, turn to your neighbor, tell them about a time when you received something that was unexpected, that was a blessing, that was, that was really awesome. All right, let's talk to each other here. All right, let's come back together. Did you guys get some good stories? Anyone have any awesome ones that you want to share? Come on up front if you do. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. Um, no, okay. We, we asked a couple of people on Facebook, too, to share their stories of um, unexpected gifts that they received. And we got a couple. Here's one from Amanda Huggins. She said, I'd only been dating this guy for three and a half months. Christmas Eve, was uh, he was coming over to my parents' house to open presents before we headed south to my grandma's. Uh, he leaned down to put my parents' presents under the tree and then popped up with the ring. I was so surprised I didn't say yes. Apparently, yes isn't required for a wedding to take place. Uh, Chip and I got married a year later. That was pretty good. Um, Amanda was in uh, the first service, and, and she, she did inform us that eventually... No, no. She said she never did actually say yes to Chip. Um, 
but they still got married. So that's wonderful. Um, here's a picture of that night when they were, um, together. We got another from, uh, Trisha. Trisha, you're in here, right? Yeah. All right. Um, she says, my dad came home from work, uh, came in the door like always, and then asked me to do him a favor, uh, and get his tie because he had left it in the car. I was only five, but I was like, dad, you brought your tie in when I saw it. By the way, I can hear you saying that. That's pretty good. Um, uh, he said, no, I left it in the car. Go get it, please. Being the strong-willed child I was, I continued to argue with him that he had most definitely uh, did not leave his tie in the car, and therefore, I didn't need to go outside until finally, he very sternly told me to just go out to the car. Did I do it right? That was good. Okay. Um, so I went out muttering under my breath, and when I got to the car, I found the sweetest little puppy that my parents had gotten for me. I named him Cinnamon. Uh, best unexpected present ever. And for the record, I was right. My dad didn't leave his tie in the car. Trisha won the coffee for the week. And so did you get it? Yeah. Did you put cinnamon in it? Oh, that's, no, that's terrible. Um, those were good. Those were good. Um, you know, but, uh, (laughs) sorry, I still laughed about that joke. Um, Okay, well, anyway, so our primary text for this series is uh, John uh, chapter 1, verse 14. And it goes like this. The words are on the screen. The word, that is Jesus, uh, became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay? And, and previous to that, in verses 11 through 13, John writes this. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now today, I really want to focus on these uh, last two verses here, verses 12 and 13. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, and then so on. Um, But I I want to just think uh, for a moment about verse 11. You know, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Let's think about this for a minute. I mean, have, have you ever given a gift to someone uh, that uh, they didn't receive? You know what I'm talking about? Like you, you gave them a gift, but they never, never really opened it up. They never really used it. They never experienced it. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting feeling. In fact, it's, a, it's not a great feeling. It's um, very uncomfortable. In fact, there is someone in this room who I gave a gift to at one point. Where are you? I just saw you earlier. And you haven't received it yet? years later. We'll talk to you later. Um, anyway, uh, th- there is something interesting about uh, this, this idea of not receiving a gift because on both sides of this dilemma, there are losers, right? You know, those of us who've neglected to receive the gift, we don't get to experience uh, the blessing. Um, but then also those who give the gift, they don't get to experience that, you know, that gift giving portion. Now, I, I, I'm a guy that's also not received gifts. I've got a, a confession here. There, if you go into my kitchen, uh, there on the countertop are a bunch of gift cards that people have given me that I've never used. And, and I, you know, it's like, it's not that I don't want to receive this gift. And quite frankly, if you've given me one of these, you'll never know that I haven't used it. Because um, I'm not going to tell you. But, uh, but it's true. There, there's like coffee and music and movies and all kinds of things that I haven't used uh, because I just, I haven't taken the time to go and, and buy that stuff. And, and, um, and I haven't been able to experience uh, that blessing. But then there's these things um, that we've gifted that have never been opened or used or experienced before. And, and it feels bad when, when you discover that. Like the person who I was talking about earlier, 
in the back of the room who um, I gave a gift to. And I asked them later, I said, hey, have you, what would you think of that gift I gave? And they're like, oh, I haven't opened it yet. Which, at, you know, for a while is understandable, particularly around the holidays. Because the holidays are so busy. And, you know, people kind of, you know, we, we get doing stuff and we forget to open um, gifts. And particularly if they are under a Christmas tree. And, and then, but then like months, you know, go by. And I asked this person again, so, hey, did you like what I gave you? And I got the same response. And I was like, ooh, you jerk. You know, it made me feel disappointed and a little bit sad because um, I know that they didn't take the opportunity to open it up, to use it, to be blessed by uh, this gift. And, and, and then when we go back to this verse in John and we, we, we think about the people who chose or choose not to receive Christ, this idea of not receiving, receiving a gift is, is even more sad. It's, 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 it's startling, in fact. I mean, just consider this for one moment. Like Jesus and his life and all that he did, it was, it was foretold and predicted for hundreds of years before he even came. And yet when, when, he, when he arrived, he still caught people off guard. See, God, God gave his son to this world. He, he gave the gift of salvation and made it available to us. Christ came down from heaven. He became like us in, in, in human form. He lived a perfect life. He died an atoning death. He conquered the grave. And because of that, we too can become heirs to this heavenly kingdom. And for those who believe, who trust in Christ, they have the right to become children of God. This is an amazing gift. In fact, this is the very best option that we have is to receive this gift. So the question that I want to explore this morning is how then should we receive this gift? And I have three, three things that I think we need to do. The first is that we should receive this unexpected gift with gratitude. We receive it with gratitude because we didn't pay for it. Have you ever received a gift from someone and, uh, you, you know that like, there's no way that you could afford that gift. Like it's super nice and you're like, whoa, and, and you've got a gift to give them and you know what's inside of it. And, 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 and you're like, uh, it doesn't quite measure up. You know what I mean? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Um, yeah, it, it's kind of like this, you know, uh, but for that person who gave you that nice gift, I mean, more than likely they're not expecting some kind of reciprocal gift, something that costs the same amount of money or, or anything like that. But, but rather they, they, they just want, um, to, to, to know that you are, um, that you enjoy the gift that they give you. That, that, that you are, um, that they're like delighting in the relationship, uh, that they have with you. And so the best thing for you to do is just to receive it, express your genuine thanks and gratitude for their generosity and thank your lucky stars that you didn't have to pay for it and then go and enjoy it, right? I mean, that's, that's what we should, we should do. We should receive it graciously. And, and with Christ, it's really the same. His perfect life, his death and resurrection, they're a gift that, that we could never afford. We could never give that gift to anyone else. But he offers us this extravagant gift of belonging to the family of God anyway. And, and, and I want to just expand on this a little bit because the extravagance goes far beyond just a relationship that cannot be uh, broken. I mean, that's true. Once we enter into a relationship with God, that's a relationship that will never go away. But there's so much more because um, this this relationship uh, is with someone. It's with God. It's with Jesus, with the, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, our God who who spoke everything into existence with one word. 
The God who has the power to heal all of our wounds and, and dry all of our tears. The God who promises to do those things, in fact. The God who provides not just our necessities, but also superficial amenities. This past week, I don't know how many of you guys looked at the sunset this past week, but it's been gorgeous. Gorgeous. I looked up at the sky and I just thought, thank you, God. Superficial amenities he gives to us. He creates this beauty that we can delight in. And, 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 and we have the privilege this tremendous privilege of sitting right there at his family table. We're invited, because of Christ, to be a part of God's bloodline. And so we should receive that gift with such gratitude because it's something that we could never provide for ourselves, something that we could never give to someone else. And God God doesn't expect us to at all. He, he doesn't want that reciprocal gift. All he wants is, is for us to, to be appreciative of that gift, to receive it, and, and, and just to know and understand how valuable and precious it really is. And we do that. We show that gratitude through our obedience to God, through our love of him and, and through our devotion to him, Right? I mean, this is honestly how we do it in most other relationships, whether if it's with a coworker or a spouse or a child or a friend. When, 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 when we're, when we have gratitude for something that we've done, then, then we, you know, we defer to them. We care for them. We love them. You know, we, we, we're gracious with them. It's the same with Christ. It's the same with Christ. So we receive this gift. We receive this gift with gratitude. And, and I do want to be clear, because I think at, at some point when, when people hear these conversations, they think, oh, that's just for those people who, who don't know Jesus yet, who haven't received him. This is how they're supposed to receive it. And so some of us Christians, you know, we hear this talk and we're like, oh, I'm cool. I don't have to worry about that. No, this conversation is for everybody in this room, whether, whether you've received him uh, already or whether, whether or not you, you haven't entered into that relationship. Because the reality is that, that um, if you've already received Christ, this is something, this is an attitude that we should have. Every single day of our life, we should be, you know, filled with gratitude for what Christ has done for us. We should, we should live our life so that he understands and knows how much we love him, how much we trust him, how much we obey him. This should be something that changes our life. And if this is the first time for us to, to, to receive Christ, maybe we're just exploring Christ, um, then, then ultimately this conversation is just a primer for how we should respond to this extravagant blessing that's being offered to us through Christ. So we receive him with gratitude, but we also should receive him with humility. See, this is a gift that has value beyond the one time that we receive it, right? This is a transformational gift, and, and it's one that's eternal. The, the value of Christ is incalculable. It's something that, that we, we can't add up. And so there's this humility that, that should go along with how we receive it. Humility because we realize again and again how significant what Christ offers us truly is. Now, 
I don't know about you, um, but I'm a person who the, the older I get, the, the less I want to receive gifts at Christmas. Is anybody else like this? Like, oh, don't buy me anything. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Like I would, I would much rather give gifts than receive gifts. And, and, um, and so for, for me and for my wife, uh, when we think about it, we're like, we'd rather use our resources to, to buy something that we really need, or maybe, you know, go on a trip where we can celebrate, um, you know, our marriage. We just uh, celebrated 10 years of marriage with one another. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday. That's good. Thank you. Um, and, uh, but this year we're getting windows for our house. And, uh, so I'd like, it's crazy because when I think about getting windows for my house, I'm, I'm like overjoyed about it. This is the greatest thing that we could get. And I I just think about myself when I was in high school or middle school, if I, there's no chance I would have ever said, I can't wait to get windows for my house. You know, it's going to be great. Now I'm like, "Uh, you can't give me anything else. This is, this is, this is amazing. But I was thinking about this, so we've chosen, this is kind of like our big gift for us this year. And, um, and we're gonna be spending Christmas with my parents. And, um, and I just thought about what, what is that gonna be like for Alexis? You know, she's, we're all sitting around the Christmas tree and everyone's getting gifts. And, you know, I've got this pile of gifts for my family, my mom and dad and my sister and all. And, but Alexis doesn't have anything to give me. Like, how is that going to feel for her? Right. It's like shameful, awkward, you know, like, so I was, we were talking to the guy who's selling us the windows. It's like, can we get like a small demo window that I could wrap up? And (laughs) he didn't have something like that. Um, so Alexis is going to feel really awkward on Christmas morning. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because that, that's kind of okay. Like that, that moment of, of awkwardness, that moment of feeling like, you know, she didn't bring something to the table. I mean, I don't want her to feel it. But the reality is, like at the end of January, uh, when our heating bill is lower because we have new windows, or at the end of February when the same thing, our heating bill is lower, or in spring when she's planting the, the, the window boxes with flowers and she steps back and, and looks at the flowers right in front of these new windows and she's just delighting in it. It's like this this satisfaction you know of this gift it's a gift that keeps on giving she keeps gets keeps getting to experience the blessing of the gift so that moment of awkwardness i mean it's like it's worth it right because there's so much more value that comes over and over and over again I think it's the same when, with following Jesus. I mean, the humility is hard at first when we receive him and, and, you know, we think we've got to humble ourselves to follow him, to obey him, to allow him to lead our life. But, you know, like living with him longer and longer, something happens in the midst of that. I, I know people who, like as a teenager, you know, they just kind of surrender their life to Christ because it's, it's what their parents want them to do and it's just easier. Like, oh yeah, we'll go to church. Yeah, I'll go to Sunday school. Y'all yeah, go listen to Jeremy talk for another 20 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then like later on in life, they realize, wow, this relationship with Jesus is important. It's significant. I know, you know, there, there are some people who, who come back to church later in life once they have kids because they know it's the responsible thing to do to put their kids in some kind of religious experience. And so they submit to it. And, um, but then over the years, they realize how much of a blessing it is. Maybe it's in college, you know, a student who's, who's really experiencing uh, conflict from an adversarial science teacher and that relationship with Christ is what brings them through those moments or, or maybe it's, it's something that's even worse than that. Maybe it's disease or dos- divorce or death, but they realize that Christ will be with them through that whole 
time. See, see, following Christ, it's not just some quick fix that we do. It, it's a way of life. It's, it's putting our trust in someone who will carry us through for decades. Following Christ is a process of transformation. At first, we only know how much to surrender to him. And it may be just a little bit. But then, as time goes by, the more that we participate with the family of God, the more that we understand that this gift of Christ is a lifestyle that brings freedom and that it increases joy even in the midst of sorrow and it produces healing in our lives. And so that's why we should receive him with humility because life with him unfolds for us throughout eternity. It's something that we get to experience his blessing over and over and over again. So we receive him with gratitude. We receive this gift with humility. And finally, we receive this gift with joy. Joy because we don't deserve it. By our very nature, we don't love God. We're not obedient to his will. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our nature is that of sin. Even though we're created by God in his very image, what we do is we sell our birthright When we choose sin over a relationship with God. And so we're brought into this place where we're separated from God. But Christ comes to us in our very form as mediator and a substitute for the punishment that we do deserve. And he takes that sin upon himself so that we can enjoy relationship with God once again. So that we can be brought back in to that family if we choose to believe in him. And I think a lot of times... When, when, when we consider what it means to be a follower of Jesus, we incorrectly assume that the privilege and blessing comes to us after death. You know, you know what I mean? I think, I think honestly, there are a lot of ministries that are based on this as their foundation. You know, it's that surrender your life to Christ. Raise your hand right now if you believe in him. And once you die, you get eternal life. And, and, and that's true. That's absolutely true. But there's more truth to it, right? That, 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 um, like there's so much more that we get while we're here on this earth living with him. And, and I think this notion of we'll get it when we, when we experience eternity after death, I think it explains why we see so many Christians who, ex- who don't exhibit the joy that comes from receiving the unexpected gift of Christ here in this life. Let's listen to this um, text again. Let's listen to the language of sonship uh, that John writes about. John chapter 1, 12 and 13. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We see the same kind of language throughout the the New Testament. For instance, um, Paul uses the same language in Romans uh, chapter 8 verse 15 reads this way. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. This family that we join, that we get to be a part of, is headed up by a father that we have an intimate relationship with. It's not one that's characterized by formality or distance, but care, love, and connection. Uh, this name Abba is the most intimate form of the name father that we can find. It's even closer than the name daddy. 
And, and I really love the language that Paul brings here uh, to this conversation in Romans. When he speaks of adoption, he, he's speaking to a first century Roman understanding of adoption, which is very different than, than the way that we understand it now. I wasn't adopted, uh, but I, I, my, my niece and nephew were both adopted, so I'm familiar with it a little bit. And what Paul is talking about is significantly different. It's distinctive from how we understand adoption. And here's why. When, when he spoke about it, he had a few things in mind. The, the first idea, and I already touched on it, was this idea of intimacy. That we join a family that has a daddy who cares for us and who loves us. Second, though, adoption was a legal process that served two functions. Number one, it established a new heir to the family. Someone that would pass along the family traditions uh, from gener- for generations to come. But that heir also received the family inheritance upon birth, upon entrance into that family rather than upon death. Let's think about this for a moment, okay? The adopted member of a family was born into that family through the adoption process at that moment gains joint control of the family's property. It, it was theirs from the moment that they came into this family. They didn't have to wait until their parents pass away to get their inheritance. They lived with it their entire life as a part of that family. They lived with the inheritance. How could this change our understanding of what it means to be in the family of God and how God chooses to bless us? I think one way is it means that he doesn't bless us only at the end of our life in eternity, but he chooses to bless us now. We receive the inheritance that comes as his sons and daughters right now. We don't have to work for anything. It's given to us. It's given to us the moment that we come to him. And this is one of the primary reasons that we should be filled with joy when we receive this gift of Christ. Now let me, let me read John 1, 12 and 13 again. And as I do, just pay attention to the final statements made here by John. Think about if there, there might be new meaning for us here. I, I just want to say possibly. Verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believe his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born. Not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God born into the family of God at the beginning of this new life. But there's still more for us with this whole legal adoption process of first century Roman thinking. Um, There's this one other distinction that's so powerful. See, by adoption, according to Roman law, a new identity was given to the adopted. A new name, a new existence, a new family, New obligations. Everything from the past was changed. Nothing, nothing was brought into this new life, including old obligations and old debts. There's complete freedom from the old way of life. Now, for most of us, I think we struggle with, um, you know, the idea of getting out from underneath debts, right? And some of us, our choices are what brought us into those, those where we're obligated to these things. We have to pay off these debts. But what Christ is doing when he comes as our substitute and he says, believe in me, trust in me, follow me, and then you will receive a new life and your old debts, all of that past is gone. It's erased. All the choices that you made 
that separate you from God, they are erased because of what I've done on the cross. He offers us a new life, free from the old life. This is why we accept this gift with joy. See, some of us have forgotten all that we received with Christ. We've forgotten how surprising the gift of Jesus truly is. And, and, and we need to remember all of these things so that we can reorient our life to reflect our gratitude, our humility, and our joy that comes when we receive Christ. Some of us need to be reminded of how wonderful it is to be in the family of God, to participate with other believers. Some of us need to remember that that God has promised that we receive the richest blessings of this family here and now in this life, not just in eternity. Some of us need to accept these blessings for the first time, regardless of how awkward it may feel to humbly submit to him. I've got some, some friends today that I've had the pleasure of walking with on their journey of faith. I'm real excited uh, about introducing them to you. Both of them have accepted this unexpected gift of Christ. And both would say that they are experiencing the blessing of life with the Abba Father. And it's interesting because I know them and as I, as I, I see how their individual gifts and talents just flourish whenever they submit, whenever they receive him daily with gratitude, with humility, and with joy. Both of um, these two, Miranda and Nathan I'm talking about, um, are going to be baptized here in a moment. And um, as I was processing with them and talking about this decision, uh, they both looked at me at different times and, and they were just talking about this anticipation of this moment. And they said that, that they were really looking forward to this community, Quest, their friends, their family, brothers and sisters in Christ, knowing why they chose to follow Jesus, that this was their decision, that they are proud of it. And and, and for them, it's not just a demonstration of what they believe, but it's more about honoring Christ and, and inviting others into this experience of living a full life with him. So I'm, I'm proud of, of both Miranda and Nathan. I see the Lord's work in their lives all the time, and it's evident that they embody the heart of this message. So I want to encourage you. We're going to, we're going to receive them in baptism in a second. And, and as they are being baptized, what I want you to do is I want you just to reflect on your own life. Are you living in such a way, as a follower of Jesus, are you living in such a way where you uh, reflect back to Christ the gratitude that you have for his life, for his sacrifice, for his death that atones for your sins? Are, are you reflecting back to him the humility that comes with surrendering to him and obeying him and following him? Are you living a life that's full of joy, that's infectious so that other people understand how wonderful it is to live with Christ? Because if you're not, then I want to encourage you to ask Christ how you can do that, why you should do that. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Or maybe today, this is your time to receive this gift of Christ for the first time. And if that's you, then I want you to know it's it's really, it's about believing in the name of Jesus. It's about identifying yourself with Him. And if that's you, then I want to encourage you in a moment um, we're going to sing some songs. We're going to watch them get baptized. Um, and I want to encourage you to, to find Ross or Wendy or someone and talk to them about that. Let them pray with you um, for that after the service.
Um, but now I want to invite uh, my friends to come on up. Miranda, Nathan, come on up. And any friends or family that want to come with, I want to invite you guys up too. Um, we're going to baptize these folks. You guys will get changed. As they're coming, I'm just going to pray for us. And, uh, and, and, and just think to yourself, is this an opportunity today, is this moment an opportunity for you to begin to reorient your life in such a way that you reflect these things about Christ? Let me pray for us. God, we are so thankful for uh, your son. We're so thankful that, that he came to us humbly. Been, he lived among us. He experienced the things that we experienced, and yet he chose to live a sinless life. He chose to surrender his life, to sacrifice his life, so that we could be brought back into relationship with you, God, to, so that we could sit at your family table. A lot of times we don't even know that we need Christ. It doesn't occur to us that we need Him. But I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just show us how much we do need Him. Thank you for this unexpected gift. Thank you that we get to experience this. And I pray that we would be people who express to you, God, our gratitude, our humility, and our joy for what we receive in you. Thank you so much. Holy Spirit, come. Speak to our hearts this morning. Stir in us. Allow us to know what you're calling us to so that we might be transformed and we might reflect your Son even more. We pray these things in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon audio. If you are loving Quest podcast, let us know on Facebook or Twitter by using the hashtag GoToQuest. For more information about Quest, who we are and what we do, or if you would like to help support Quest financially, please visit us at GoToQuest.org. That's G-O-T-O-Quest.org.